in a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. How, how can you judge on a video nasty? Oh, have you never seen one? I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. Hello there, and welcome to the Video Nasties podcast. My name's Christopher Brown. A cheap and not very cheerful slasher. Unhinged doesn't really sit in the rules of other slasher movies. There's no heroin. And while there's a mystery to be solved of who the monster is, there isn't much else. Its notoriety comes almost entirely from Grace and the Video Nasties list. And in terms of cheap, renegade cinema, it's also not one of the most violent films on the list, making this not an especially notable entry. It began as an idyllic weekend outing, but something went wrong. Stranded, alone, or are they? Man, something really weird is going on around here. The 1982 exploitation film directed by John Gronquist and written by himself and somebody called Regan Ramsey. The film follows three young women who are taken in by a mysterious family at their rural mansion after getting into a car crash. The film was filmed in Portland, Oregon and used interiors and exteriors of Pitlock Mansion, which is in the area. So these three college girls are on their way to a music festival, but they accidentally drive their car into a ditch during a storm. When they regain consciousness, they're in a dark mansion and introduced to a crazy old lady and their, and their daughter. The house is in the middle of nowhere, so the girls have to stay a while. And somebody appears to be killing them off one by one. It's up to one girl to find out what's going on, but she too ends up killed. You must be very good friends. But I still think it was unwise of her to go off like that, alone, in this section of the wilderness. These woods can be very confusing. 
It's quite possible to lose one's direction and go wandering about for hours. You don't think that happened to Nancy, do you? Oh, I didn't mean to suggest, uh, to imply. I just meant that it might have been more prudent of her to stay here. Well, it was just that we were worried about our parents. Ah, the parental influence, the unspoken pressure. It does make the difference, doesn't it? I, I really didn't mean pressure, really. I... I suppose you must be in a state of utter confusion as to what's going on around here. I know I would be. Well, sort of. Filmed over 19 straight nights, nearly every single person involved with the film were actually locals to the area. It was directed and co-written by Don Gronquist, whose only other directorial work was the 1995 mystery, The Devil's Keep. This Regan Ramsey we mentioned only wrote this film. Unhinged is really a bit of a, a boshed cash grab, like a lot of films on the, uh, the Video Nasties list. It was an attempt to try and cash in on the slasher genre. It came just at the, same, the right time to make money, but didn't make any. Well, it was probably, although it was his most successful film, it was uh, still not the greatest success. Gronquist had made, was, was kind of a writer-producer for a film called Rockaday Rich and the Queen of the Hop, which was like a, an old-school teenage exploitation film. It was the first Portland-produced independent feature to ever receive international distribution. But it's unhinged, probably, that kind of sums up the hard luck story of this guy's career. It's, um, I think it's fair to say that sometimes there's a thin line between being a cult hero and just being an also-ran, and unfortunately, Gronquist kind of falls into the wrong camp. Only making one film a decade for three decades, and each one fell on its arse. His films apparently never lost money, but they were ludicrously cheap to make. Every script he's ever written actually got distributed, though, but it's not still at that point. It's still uh, an idea that, you know, just because stuff does okay doesn't make it particularly brilliant. He, um,. <coughs> It's now being, you know, he does. He doesn't work anymore. He's in his sixties and lives in Oregon. He's, uh, you know, apparently as a, he got a, a back injury in the eighties, which um, never really went away, and now uh, he's in a bit of a fog in terms of painkillers. And um, lives like a kind of a, <coughs> gets his, you know, he's on social security basically, and subst and, and uh, you know watches Netflix and sells stuff on eBay. So in his career, he wrote and produced Rockaday Rich and the Queen of the Hop in 1973, which follows a teenage killer with a leather jacket. And uh, it's like a, a killing spree kind of m movie that's, uh, that sits in Happy Days territory. Um... Paramount initially wanted it, but the deal fell through because Warner Brothers apparently were making well, we're making Badlands, and they got word got um, got word of it about the uh, you know obviously the coverage of the Starkweather killings, um, and obviously that was there uh, that was filmed by Malik in the end, but so Paramount backed out, and then time went by, and uh, Gronquist made another film. He says that it was a bet. It starts with a bet to try and work out how much, they, how cheap they could actually make a movie for, 
Uh, but it, you know, it still had to sit within the rules. It had to be commercially viable. It had still had to be 35 millimeter film stock. And the filming itself was obviously you know off hours in this Pittock mansion. And um, I've dusted on 19 straight nights. In an article about the cinematographer for the film, Richard Blakesley wrote, Donna's going a little crazy by this time, zeroing in on something new every day. The one we enjoy most is, I've lost my pages. This is in reference to a script, which he had taken apart and carries around like a bundle of autumn leaves at various times. These will be lost, splattered with stage blood, misplaced, left in other rooms, soaked with water, covered with muddy footprints. Speaking about the Video Nasties ban in the Willamette Week newsletter, he said, um, Gronquist said, Unhinged was doing very well when it got yanked. There was a national television advertising campaign for the VHS version underway in Britain, with Video Trade Weekly reporting theatrical releases imminent. The ban effectively killed the movie. Other foreign markets called it wouldn't touch it. I didn't see the big picture at the time of what the echo effect would be. And that kind of, you know, that, that, that was it for him, really. <laughs> you know, he managed to get some more money together in 1995 for another film, but again, although it made money, it, didn't make, it certainly didn't make enough. And uh, I think, you know, that, that interview with the Willamette Week newspaper, that was from uh, 2012, it kind of plays him as being a, you know, an unlucky maverick filmmaker, a guy who had uh, fucked the system. And made his own, you know, went against Hollywood to make stuff in Portland, and that's a that's a good good story for a newspaper. And you know, it's good that he, you know, I'm glad that you know, obviously Paramount fell through, but he decided to still make his film with this Rockaday Richie. And you could argue, you know, it's it has its benefits, but let's not get beyond the fact that Unhinged is at its core a very generic rote. Uh, exploitation slasher movie that you know doesn't you know at a time when there were millions of them it was never gonna it was never gonna come out as being this incredible classic it's not a lost gem by any stretch of the imagination and it gets some terrible reviews um, which I think are a bit unfair but um, at the same time it's still it's still no no lost classic that we were talking about you know it, you know there is no original ideas in it. It's just a grim little slasher movie in that in that uh, grind house, at US late seventies uh, style, um, very grainy uh, film. You know, but at the same time, it's you know it doesn't do anything different to any to any other films that are like that that are out this time. Now, this Pittock Mansion uh, is like French Renaissance style chateau in Oregon. Originally, um, like a, a private home for a publisher. It's big, 22 room estate. And it uh, is now actually owned by uh, Parks and Recreation and open for touring. So that's kind of where he was able to, uh, to, to get the film and done that way. Hello. Harry? Oh, hi, Mom. Did you get up okay? Yeah, no problem. Thanks for calling to remind me. Are you all ready to go? All set. I'm just waiting for Nance and Gloria. They should be here any minute. Did Dad get back yet? Yes, he's still sleeping. Be sure to say goodbye to him for me. You just remember what I told you. Oh, Mom. Now, don't old Mom me. I don't know how you and your father talked me into these things. 
As a review, does it work? I mean, for me personally, I think it does similar stuff extremely well. It has a certain ominousness to it. It very much has a, <clears throat> you know, it's influenced by Psycho as much as it's influenced by Halloween or whatever. The issue with that is, of course, that, you know, it's influenced by the first 30 minutes of Psycho and not the rest of the film. So you kind of, you know, it's, it's that kind of shock that people are just getting picked off one by one and without anything else to it, you know. And then obviously the big reveal at the end. It's dark and it's uneasy, and it takes and, and you know it takes its time getting to. I think the first kills at the thirty-five minute mark, and but that doesn't feel too extensive, and you know, <clears throat> it's suitably exploitative with naked women and, and and plenty of gore. Well, not that much gore, plenty of blood. I think it's fair to say it does it does splash it about a bit. It it, it so from that point of view, it does work, but it isn't perfect by any stretch as it's it's a cast of unknowns mainly again because it's from you know it's a, you know made in Oregon uh, Janet Penner is probably best known in this um, there's our old woman's actually a, a woman from stage but um, home homeward bound incredible journey is the only real thing that would stand out the old Disney movie and there's a very 80s soundtrack from a guy called John Newton who graduated from Portland State in 1977. Um, you know, he was a, a bluegrass fiddle player and a folk composer, but um, it was in the 80s that he co-founded Newton Bard, which is like an audio production facility in the area. And uh, this was where he made a lot of his money making you know, music for scores and for TV specials, commercials, feature films such as this. And um, Newton went on to work in the Portland Civic Theatre, directing um, music for over 50 musical theatre productions. And now he works in, um, in the University of Portland State, where he teaches music technology and music theory. And he's a history of rock music as well, which is, it sounds brilliant.
I've already mentioned the cinematographer Richard Blakesley. Um, he again kind of he taught teaches the occasional cameraman course and um, produces various bits and bobs and video commercials and and whatnot. You know, he's worked on Golf Channel and ESPN and all those kind of things and it's not, you know, let's not get too excited by him, but I mean, no one really kind of went on from this to, to, to greatness. Mainly because, you know, there's people who want to set up in Portland trying to make movies, but at the same time, there's certainly something to, you know, stand by. The movie was actually passed uncut 18 in uh, in 1983 for cinema release and and was released at the same time um, uncut on preset VHS but it was Bands and Nasty in November of 83 but was dropped from the list in May 85 mainly because of the uh, the fact it had already been passed uncut it's available in various versions uh, you know, there's a there's a region two uh, DVD from two thousand and four from a company called Platinum, which is fine, and there's one from Eclipse, which is unrated again, which is fine. They're not, you know, it's done on it was done on like a hundred thousand dollars. It's real shoestring stuff, so you can't expect it to be particularly dramatically brilliant print. And uh, there's a there's a little bit of care being put into putting it out, but don't get too excited. But at the same time, I suppose, that kind of grimy quality, a lot of the time with these kind of films, is what you're after. It is, after all, really, as an experience, best to be held as, you know, as, as that, as an experience rather than something a bit, bit snazzier. I hope we won't be imposing on you for too long. We appreciate your... Oh, nonsense. It's no imposition, whatever. There was a time, oh, there was a time, when we entertained constantly. But that was in another place, long ago. Marion, I think we may eat now. That is, if you are ready. She can at times be very difficult, very difficult. Lord knows I've tried my best with her. Marion? Just a little bit of feedback. Uh, this is from Rob Wilson. Hey Chris, here's my poorly written review from Facebook on March 14th. Oh bless me, don't be silly. Uh, Rewatch 1982 <coughs> Unhinged. It's a story of three girls who have a car accident in a remote wooded area. A mother and daughter take them in care for their wounds. Sounds good, but this made the British video nasties list in the 80s. Ultra low budget movie, acting can be rough, can be slow. There's a final reveal and you're like, that's it. Okay. It's not good by anybody's scale, but it does have its, its charms. The cheesy 80s sim still warms my heart. Even the stilted acting can be appealing to me. None of the actors went on to have much of a career in acting. Not sure I would suggest this one as a watch. Not horrible. Chris, I thought you might want to know how I got my DVD of Unhinged. Went to my local mall. I'm guessing 05 when it came out. Used to be a store called Suncoast that sold movies. I was looking through the horror DVDs. The young guy stocking shelves asked if I, I heard of Unhinged. I had not. He told me that the distributor gave him a box of them by, by mistake. He said they were going to put them out for $3. I bought one. Went back after a month later, every single copy was still there. Went back a few weeks after that and the price went down to a dollar. At least more than half were gone. Poor Unhinged. Love the toolbox murders, chap. Cheers, Rob. Um, yeah, <laughs> that kind of says it all for, for, for you, man. 
I think it definitely lost its window of opportunity. Um, and but then again, you know, the film would have disappeared. I think by now, if it hadn't been on the nasties list. So from that point of view, yeah, uh, you can kind of see where, where where stuff's come from and why it's happened. And maybe you know, I know is from the quote your director there was saying. Oh, it's a sh- you know, it's a shame. You know, I, I got done out of it because of because of this this trouble. But for me personally, I think it probably wouldn't have happened if he'd, um, you know, if 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 it just got, it would have disappeared from sight now, and joined the myriad of other films that kind of appeared on the list and that you know didn't appear on the list and just vanished. You know, it might have made more money, but that would have been it. Um. If you're looking at my Twitter this week as well, uh, that's at orange underscore monkey, by the way, and um, there's some interesting stuff that I tweeted about uh, on Friday and also on the Saturday as well. There's a well, I'll link to the Daily Mail, so because make that what you will. But um, Tesco apologize. This headline is Tesco apologized after complaints horror movie DVD is too graphic and violent for a family store, and remove it from shelves. Now the film's a horror film called The Hospital, which is an 18, and um, rated and BBFC'd and big old picture of an 18 on it. And I mean, this is a fantastic advert for the for the film. But basically, a guy rocks up into the um, to the shop, purchases The Hospital, a film that has a picture of a bloodied ghost on on the uh, on the cover. Uh, it looks like a violent horror film it's got big old 18 on the front as these things do have anyway so he takes it home watches it gets offended by the fact that it's got violence and sex in it and, and sexual violence as well which is on the back cover probably no doubt saying that what it's what's what, what what's contained within and then he goes back to tesco and complains and says excuse me this horror film that I've purchased from your store shouldn't be on the shelves because it's so appalling. And then Tesco remove it, so he's kind of um, he's kind of won that uh, won that competition there to be a bit of a sensorial prick. But also not just that. He, the, the quotes the quote actually says. Um, well, let's let's do all the quotes. Let's do first of all. Let's say what Tesco says. Tesco says Topsil is approved for general release and rated 18. However, on this occasion, we made the judgment to remove it from sale. We are always pleased to listen to feedback and remain focused on offering the best, most popular titles to our customers. And then Matt Holmes, who contacted the, the uh, bought the DVD for eight pounds, uh, said, "I love horror films and I am not easily shocked." but I wasn't prepared for the graphic sexual violence scenes depicted in this film. The quality of the film was terrible in my opinion, so I'm not sure why Tesco would want to sell it anyway. But it was the nature of graphic sexual violence which I found shocking. I would have no problem with the film being sold online or available for rent, but I don't see it for, I don't expect to see it for sale in Tesco. I was also surprised, having watched it, that there was nothing on the cover warning on the extreme nature of the content as you normally see on films like this. Right. Cheers for telling me telling me what what should be what should be in Tesco, Matt. Thanks very much for that. What an unusual president that is. Um, I've not seen the hospital, and and on all these things, it it doesn't really matter if it's a judgment call whether it's suitable or not to be on the shelves. It's suitable if you, if you you can sell bottles of scotch on the shelves and they're dangerous. It can do more damage to yourself neck and four cans of tenant super. 
or you could buy one of the knives that's on sale and use it improperly. The idea that a film, any film that's being rated by BBFC forced... I mean, the phrase pornography gets thrown around as well. It's not pornography. Why are they saying... I know why they're saying it's pornography, because if you turn around and say, Tesco are selling porn, everyone's like, what, really? They're not. So, <clears throat> we're in a situation now where it's kind of um, a little worrying, I think it's fair to say. But... At the same time, it's a flash in the pan. It's one film. It's the it's the poor people who made the film that I'm worried about. They might get, you know, I'm pretty sure they, you know, you know, those kind of films, you only get a couple of uh, distribution deals. If they start start getting those pulled on them, they're in real trouble. They don't have to sell that many of them. But you know, hopefully, it's kind of given them a, a bit of a bit of a push, and you know, they'll they'll be able to make up the loss in sales elsewhere. It's up to Tesco whether they want to show the film or not. I think, but. At the same time, I just I just find it really frightening when people start pulling stuff off because stuff off the shelves just because and it's on Sunday say so. And it's interesting as well in the same way that, you know, obviously do gooders will have in the early eighties gone gone to see if you know, took a film off the shelves and then be so repul you know, repulsed by it. And also as well, and I I need to say this, I don't know if the hospital is a good movie or not. I haven't had a chance to watch it. But it's not for Matt Holmes to turn around and say, I thought this film was shit, therefore you shouldn't sell it. Regardless of his arguments, the other arguments about, you know, the fact that it contains extreme sexual violence, whatever that is. Hello, me again. Uh, just adding this in uh, after the edit, so it might sound a little bit different. But um, basically I was editing everything together and I thought, I'll just put the trailer in for the hospital because, it, you know, it'll be a good break before we talk about the next thing, the screen that I've got planned trying to plan and um i'll put it on and it was it is staggering how terrible it is it's amazingly shit so enjoy this unsuspecting unassuming entering a place not supposed to be doing that's what these girls they love the paranormal unprepared for the wicked and the horrible an old place of evil and unrest now's the time for the ultimate test minute by minute they wonder will they make it with Sanity intact or will they break it? This is a site of rape, torture, and murder. Some of the terrible things you never heard of. But it's a glimpse of hell, just a taste. Will they escape from this awful place? Don't look back, cause Stanley's gonna get ya. Stanley's gonna get ya. He's gonna get ya. Don't look back, cause Stanley's gonna get ya. He's gonna get ya. He's gonna get ya. Don't look back, cause Stanley's gonna get ya. Stanley's gonna get ya. He's gonna get ya. Don't look back. Stanley's gonna get ya. Stanley's gonna get ya. He's gonna get ya. Hospital. Anyway, <laughs> after that little bit of a rant, if you want to get hold of me, please do. My email address is vidionastiespodcast at gmail.com. My web, the website where all, where all this stuff is hosted is vidionastiespodcast.com. And also my um, Twitter is at orange underscore monkey. There comes one more announcement. If you go to the website, there's a, there'll be a link on it when I, when, when this is up. Uh, link into um, a potential screen that I'm putting together for The Evil Dead in Liverpool at Pitch House of Facts. Now, <clears throat> it's been set up for a new system called R-Screen, where you kind of suggest screenings, and then if you sell enough tickets, it happens. So, um, currently, I need to sell 39 more tickets... And we can have the screening of Evil Dead. 
Now I'm in talks with the cinema on Tuesday to try and make it, you know, see what we can do to make it a bit more special to try and drum up support. Uh, you don't, we don't, it doesn't take the money out of your account uh, until you actually, until the, the screening is confirmed. And that doesn't happen until the 20th of April. The screen itself is on the 30th. So if you, it's a bit like Kickstarter, I suppose. That if you get enough interest in something, it happens. Um, so if you are interested and you're in the area, if you're in the Liverpool, Manchester way, why not uh, contact me? And uh, we'll have a bit, you know, and, and get a ticket, reserve the ticket. The link's on the website, and uh, you can come down. And we'll, I'll, I'll, if, over the next couple of weeks, we'll see, you know, see if we can get this to happen. If people are interested to go, we'll try and, you know, we'll do so. It won't just be the screening. There'll be some special stuff as well, which needs to get to organised with what with with the cinema fact. So that's um, that's you know, we'll leave that there for now. But uh, but if you are interested click on the link anyway <clears throat> next week we have got um, frozen scream um, that's the that's the frozen zombie movie isn't it I haven't seen that in a long time I'm looking forward to that um, I don't remember it being brilliant but um, you know and there's some good stuff there's some really good stuff coming up actually um, over the next month once we've got you know frozen scream out the way it's Funhouse, Evil Speak, which is one of my faves, and uh, Expose as well. So all all really great stuff. So uh, we're kind of kind of you know there's there's still a fair few to go, and and the ones that we've we've got you know we're getting a bit of momentum now. And some there's some great stuff coming. So anyway, until next week, take care, and I'll speak to you soon. Goodbye. <laughs>